Welcome to Being Better Podcast, where we explore the things that make us happier, wiser, and more productive beings. Hi, my name is Julia and I am your host. Every week I take a concept, a technique, or a story to learn how it can make us better. I hope that this show can help you become the person you've always wanted to be. Here we go! Welcome back, or if it is your first time here, welcome to Being Better Podcast. I am very happy you're here and I hope you are having a lovely day. It is officially 2021 and for me it's kind of crazy because that number reminds me of all the science fiction movies um, showing alternate futures and there were always some kind of Armageddon or third world war happening so I'm kind of happy and proud of us that nothing like that happened. Uh, I mean we are facing a climate crisis so it's not all unicorns and rainbows however it is not as bad as it could be. (laughs) Anyways um, don't mind me going on all these tangents I just I think I just can't help it sometimes. But What I actually want to say uh, is that I am starting a new segment at the beginning of the show, which is going to be my recommendations. At the beginning of every future episode, starting from now, I will recommend a book, a movie, a series, a podcast or a YouTube channel or an artist, maybe even a product that I've enjoyed using and that has improved my life in some way. Basically, I will share something physical or something otherwise accessible for everyone that I found useful or pleasurable or even inspiring. I hope that you will enjoy that segment and that maybe you will find something that you like. So for my first recommendation on this podcast, I'm going to choose a great one uh, because I will talk about uh, Yuval Noah Harari's book titled 21st Lessons for the 21st Century. I'm sure you've heard about Yuval Noah Harari. Um, He is a genius author of Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind, and Homo Deus, A History of Tomorrow. And this one is his third book. Uh, He received his PhD from Oxford, and he is now a professor at Hebrew University of Jerusalem. I love his work, and I also love listening to interviews with uh, Professor Harari, because even though he is a historian... He has an amazing insight on what's currently going on in the world in many different areas and he also has very interesting predictions for the future. Um, The book that I'm recommending, 21st Lessons for the 21st Century, is an investigation into today's most urgent issues and Harari answers questions in that book Questions like, um, how can we retain freedom when big data is watching us? Or, what will the future workforce look like? And all that kind of big questions that we have and uncertainties we hold when it comes to our future. 
and the book is extremely insightful and even though I'm um, like in the middle of the book uh, I think uh, the book is already up there in one of my favorites so I recommend all of you listening to add it to your uh, to read list I I will link the book in the show notes so you can have a quick access to that but moving on to the main topic of this week's episode which is funny enough also a book in this episode I'm going to discuss a book by Jack Cornfield titled very straightforwardly as meditation for beginners So as you probably know, I am very interested in meditation and I've been practicing regularly for a couple of months now and I have practiced before, uh, however, it wasn't very consistent. Um, But now, as I have a little bit more time at my hands, I decided to make it a priority and do it consistently every single day. So at the beginning of my journey with meditation, I was just sitting down and trying to focus on my breath and not think about anything. I tried out some guided meditations that I found on the internet, but um, after doing that for a while, I realized that they don't work as well when it comes to my awareness. Um, because I just, instead of focusing on my body and my breath, I focused on the person's voice, I mean the person who's, who was guiding that meditation, so it wasn't really uh, the best option for me, so I decided to meditate by myself. However, then after a while, I got really discouraged, because I couldn't focus and my mind was just constantly running free, and jumping from thought to thought like a monkey. Um, So I was constantly thinking that I was doing something wrong and this is not supposed to be like this. I was considering that maybe I chose the wrong meditation and that mindfulness meditation is not something for me and maybe I should try mantra meditation instead. I was just very insecure and I questioned everything when it comes to uh, when it comes to my meditation so that was like a year ago I think I got discouraged and I wasn't consistent with my practice but then I listened to a Tim Ferriss interview with Jack Cornfield on his podcast which I love Jack Cornfield is a Buddhist monk clinical psychologist and also an author of many books on meditation, spirituality and mental health and I really loved that interview um, that I listened to on Tim Ferriss podcast and I found Jack Cornfield very charming and also very insightful. Uh, When I researched his books I came upon that straightforward title meditation for beginners and you know when I saw that book I thought that it would be a great source for some guidelines which I desperately needed Uh, but today I will not be talking about the benefits of meditation and how it changed my life because I'm still practicing and my challenge of doing it every day is not over yet however I will discuss the book 
and I will bring up some of my favorite quotes as I just find the book extremely helpful and inspiring and um, it is a great guidebook for everyone who is interested in meditation. It is not really long so it has a lot of valuable information compressed in its pages. So the author starts by explaining what is Vipassana, which is the other name for mindfulness meditation. And at the beginning he also speaks to the benefits of this kind of meditation. He writes that it helps train us to become more present and alive for whatever we meet to develop uh, what Alan Watts describes as the art of living which is neither careless drafting on the one hand, nor fearful clinging to the past on the other. With meditation, we start to notice that things constantly change and nothing is everlasting, because if we want things that are always changing to stay the same and to get attached to them, we get disappointed and we suffer. And the author also writes that by meditation we develop what's called wisdom of insecurity, which is the ability to flow with the change and to see everything as a process of change and to relax with uncertainty. It teaches us how to let go, how to stay centered in the midst of change. And I do love that. I think that I needed to read that because I am usually very disturbed with change which I didn't see coming. I can get very angry or very sad in the midst of change but everything is impermanent and I should not get attached to uh, my expectation of how the things should look like. And the author also explains that with meditation, we discover the nature of our bodies and then we also start to learn the ways of our thoughts. And what I mean by uh, the ways of our thoughts is that some people think with pictures, some people think with words and some people with combination of these two. And... Some maybe think even more differently than that. Uh, for example, I think with words and what I discovered is that my mind is constantly repeating some kind of a word and I've only noticed that in my meditation practice. Um, so I'm currently focusing on improving my Spanish and a lot of the time my mind is unconsciously repeating some kind of a Spanish word and this is kind of very weird, a very weird quality that I have and I've never noticed that before but actually, um, you know, it's like a song when sometimes people just can't get a song out of their head and it's constant, constantly going on and on. I have the same thing with words so I can be constantly thinking of a word and repeating it in my mind and I don't even know that I'm doing that and I think it can be helpful when it comes to learning new language. But it is, it is a weird quality because uh, my mind is always doing something. And it's just, it feels like I'm non-stop thinking. 
And, you know, I would never, never discover that if it wasn't for the meditation practice. So um, I'm always curious what is the way that other people in my life around me uh, think. Uh, so, yeah, I recommend you guys to, to sit and to try to notice your thoughts and the, the way your mind works. I think it's, it is very interesting and says a lot about ourselves. The author also writes about the way meditation reduces tension and heals the body, but I think you already know that. Um, it is pretty obvious and I'm sure you've heard about it in interviews or documentaries. Um, he also writes that meditation helps you to truly live your life and not waste it on focusing on the past or on the future because you live more in the moment and your life doesn't get away from you and it's not like you know a month go by and you are thinking wow where where did the time go because you are more aware of the present moment and also we become more aware of our desires and our pains which we usually ignore as we go through our daily hustle and now now when you are aware of your mind uh, you can notice that you have longing for something and you have your dreams and maybe something is really hurting you, not necessarily hurting you in a physical way, but maybe there is a relationship that is toxic and that is hurting you, but you don't really think about it when you go to work or where you commute because you are simply not aware of that pain. And then in the next part of the book, the author talks about the practice itself, which was the part that I was initially looking for when I picked up this book. And he writes that you should sit comfortably. Uh, you don't have to cross your legs, but you can if you'd like. But an important thing to remember is that you should be fairly erect and sit straight. So uh, then when you are comfortable, uh, close your eyes and bring your awareness to the environment and the sounds around you. Feel the temperature on your skin, the fabric of your clothes, and then become aware of the physical sensations in your body. Maybe you feel some tension in your muscles, or maybe you feel some tingling or even pain. Just try to notice that without judgment. And then notice the movement of your thoughts and try to uh, notice your feelings. Understand what emotions you feel. Maybe it is happiness or maybe it's anger or it's just usually restlessness or boredom. Just notice these emotions without judgment and be aware of what you feel. And now that you are aware of the sensations in your body and the sensations of your mind, it is time to focus. So bring all of your attention to the breath, how it feels when you breathe in through the nostrils and how it feels when you breathe out. Usually at the time when we breathe in, the air feels cold 
in our nostrils and when we breathe out the air is slightly warmer so just notice all of these small things about our breath and the goal is to experience the breath without influencing or changing it this is very hard for me because usually when i try to notice my breath i start to influence it and i make it uh, shorter or i make it longer and i start to lack some oxygen sometimes because i do not breathe in the natural way so it is uh, for me it is hard but i think it is something that you can learn and probably the most important thing that i needed to read as i was judging myself for the way i was meditating is when the author says that the first thing that you notice in meditation is how often the mind wanders off this especially is the case uh, with me um, and at some point like i said i even felt that i was doing something wrong and what jack cornfield says about that is that each time your mind wanders off you notice it and you can even name it and say thinking or planning or whatever your thoughts are you can say that action out loud um, to be more aware of them remember not to judge yourself and not to think like i have thought that oh i suck at this and meditation is so hard because meditation is all about that action of bringing your attention back to your breath when the mind wanders off it doesn't matter how many times your mind wanders as long as you always bring it back to your breath because like in the gym you are pulling the weights to strengthen your muscles in meditation you pull your attention back to strengthen your focus and strengthen your awareness uh, jack cornfield uses another analogy uh, which i love and it's that training to work with breath is a bit like training a puppy you pick the puppy up and you set it down on a piece of paper and you tell it to stay but does it stay not a chance like the mind it gets up and it runs around so then you pick it up and you put it back on the paper and tell it to stay again and after enough times of carrying it back and telling it to stay the puppy begins to figure it out and our mind is a little like a puppy in that way so without judgment when your mind wanders off just notice it and bring the attention back to your breath then in the next chapters jack cornfield describes how to deal with all of the physical sensations that you may encounter in your meditations and he writes that when you experience any of these sensations you should name them to yourself softly such as uh, saying or thinking tingling tingling or tension tension or pain as you do so you give it space to open and you also notice how the body itself wants to change and flow and move 
So if you do experience itching, instead of immediately scratching the itch, you can simply note itching, itching, I'm feeling itching. And then I have also a quote written down from the chapter about how to deal with the feelings and how to deal with the thoughts during meditation. And the quote is that the first feeling that many people experience in meditation is desire or the wanting mind. It is sometimes called if only mind. And how it works is that you are sitting there following your breath and all of a sudden your mind says, if only I had something to eat or if only I had a nicer, more comfortable meditation cushion. And the problem with that wanting mind is that even if you get what it wants, it does not stop and it starts to want something else. And as with everything else, the way to deal with the wanting mind is to simply notice it without judgment or beating yourself up for it. Because it is a part of our humanity and everyone has it. So when that kind of desire arises, you sit and name it as wanting. And when that desire is hunger, you can ask a question, which I think is really helpful. And the question is, is my belly hungry or is it my tongue that is hungry? Uh, Jack Cornfield writes that often when we are hungry, it is really because our heart is lonely. And I can definitely relate to that because sometimes I eat and I'm hungry, not because I really am hungry, because I am bored or just because I want some pleasure. And in meditation, you start to notice these small things that you think you need or you think you want, but actually it's because you are bored or maybe that you want to experience some pleasure. So that is how you deal with hunger. But when the feeling that you are experiencing in meditation is fear, then it is even more important to be aware of that feeling than with any other ones because when you sit and you note that you are feeling fearful you can notice the way fear is affecting your body how does it affect your breathing or your shoulders or even your mind answer these questions because then when you learn about how fear affects you and your body one day when fear will suddenly arise, when you're not prepared, you will recognize it and think, oh, this is fear, I, I recognize you, welcome back. And what I really love is that he, the author, writes that then it is as if the fear becomes one of your friends and you welcome it with open arms because you know that it will not affect you because you are ready and you are not affected by change. So in the last chapters, the author writes about the importance of forgiveness and loving kindness in our meditation. And forgiveness is not about condoning what happened. When you offer forgiveness, you can also say that what happened was wrong and that you will never allow it to happen again, and that you will 
even put your own body in the way of letting such harm come to you or to another person in the future. But also forgiveness is the act of not putting anyone out of your heart, even those who are acting out of deep ignorance or out of confusion or out of pain. Forgiveness is also a matter of letting go of the past and knowing that even though something was wrong, the way to go forward is to start over. So it is crucial to implement the practice of forgiveness to ourselves or to others who hurt us in our meditation. And at the end of the book, the author also has some uh, tips on how you can implement meditation when it comes to your eating or how can you meditate while walking. Um, So it is helpful, however, I'm not going to talk about that now because uh, I think (laughs) I've spoken a lot about how this book is great. So I would recommend it for everyone. Um, I will also recommend other books of Jack Cornfield. I have not read any of them yet, but I do uh, like the interviews with him and I expect that they are also also really great. Uh, So moving on right now to the insights of this week, which is going to be a short one, but I guess that what I've learned... uh, from this from my pursuit of learning meditation is that you should not be afraid to ask for help and I was struggling and I wasn't doing all right and I wasn't great with my meditation practice and I was discouraged but I was not asking for help and that was really a bad thing to do I mean, I don't know what I was expecting that, you know, maybe I was expecting that I would just sit and it would be great and I will just become the next Buddha or something. And when it got hard, I got discouraged because I had all of these high expectations. And sometimes we have these expectations and we are too proud to ask for help and I think what I've learned is that asking for help is important because there are so many people who are experts in different fields and who can help us and who can guide us and it will be so much easier and they will be uh, happy to help us and to share their knowledge with us. So I think that whatever it is that you are trying to learn, don't be afraid to ask for help and to show your and to be vulnerable and to admit that I don't know what I'm doing I'm failing I'm just a beginner and it is okay and I can I can ask for help um I think even more these days than in the past uh, we often we often nod our head when we don't know Uh, something that is happening during the conversation and we are too scared to say I don't know what you are talking about and I am guilty of that but I think uh, it is important to just say you know what I don't know what you say you're saying can you explain that to me because it's not like you are stupid you know it is completely fine for you to not understand uh, a concept and 
yeah, I think being vulnerable and admitting that I don't know this yet. I know so many things, but I don't know a thing and I don't know how to do something. It is not bad and it is very important to admit to yourself and to others that we are not perfect and asking for help, I think, is is really important. And if also you are struggling with um, some mental health issues, also asking for help, I think, is is very important. So I think that about wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for listening and I will speak to you in the next one. edited and produced by Julia Spohr. If you want to learn more, visit the website attached in the episode description or visit our Facebook page by just searching Being Better. If you want to support the show, the best way to do that is to tell your friends about the show, either by the spoken word or by using your social media platforms. That is a great help and I want to say that I appreciate each and every one of you that does that. Thank you so much for listening and I will speak to you very, very soon.